world-class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%, empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. Get access to exclusive interviews with top producing real estate professionals. Listen in as we talk about their journey in the business, best practices, and lessons learned. Hosted by Kirona Zrala and John Scipioni. You mean one thing that we always say in our office is just action is better than perfection, right? This is Light It Up with Lighthouse Residential. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up podcast. Thrilled to have with us here today a top producing agent in downtown Chicago market. Uh, he's been in the real estate business now for over 17 years and successfully closed over 2,000 transactions uh, during his career. Uh, we have with us today Mr. Lee Marcus. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> welcome. It's going great. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. We really appreciate uh, your time here. Absolutely. Great to see you. Awesome. Well, you know, Lee, Kiro and I always like to bring people to the platform that will certainly bring tremendous value to, to the viewers, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, other real estate professionals. We've had a few mortgage lenders, uh, business coaches, all ends of the spectrum. But obviously, it was a very easy decision to, to have someone of your caliber here. So again, we do really appreciate you spending some time with us. Oh, thanks, man. My mom would be proud. <laughs> I so uh, my mom's still trying to find the uh, podcast channel. So I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll continue to try to send her the link. Um, but yeah, Lee, g tell us a little bit about where you stand today and uh, what the team looks like and uh, uh, what your goals are for this year. Yeah, so let's see. This uh, this will be 17th year licensed in the business. Um, I Right now, I, oh, there's been a lot, right? A lot of changes. We've all embarked on team building and helping people. And so right now, this is, um, last year we closed 320 transactions, which was about $225 million in sales. And we have six, I have six agents and myself. Fantastic. So yourself yeah. plus five buyer's agents? Uh, plus six, sorry, so seven total. Seven yeah. total, okay, seven. great. And then um, we have listing managers, listing manager assistants, executive assistant, uh, marketing manager. Um, yeah. And, awesome. Uh, yep. Awesome. You know, one of the things that I found most interesting when, you know, we've had conversations over the years is that your wife, Lindsay, was actually a, a realtor in the business before you were, right? And yeah, you were actually exactly. doing something else and she somehow you know, you convinced you to get in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we, I, I had been in sales for technology companies like IBM and other other tech companies, and it was great. But once I saw 2006, 2005, 2006, what 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 real estate was like. I mean, she sat an open house one weekend, and I, I got licensed. I was sitting in an open house with her. A buyer walked in, and then three days later, she sold them a million dollar home, and I I quit my job like that day, <laughs> that week. Yeah. And you said you were actually in like technology sales. Were you actually yeah. selling? Was it for IBM? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, in Chicago there was like CDW is another one, and um, EMC Data Storage. Yeah. So we would, you know, like we re real sales with real quotas. And I was in um, inside sales first, right? So I was used to having a headset on for eight hours a day. We had a minimum standards. Um, I had when I was in at CDW our minimum eighty calls a day four hours of talk time, right? Like talking on the phone, four hours. And so 
you know, what I did early on was I realized, okay, if the average person makes, you know, I think it was eighty to a hundred thousand dollars, I want to make a lot more than that. So I just increased all of those minimum standards by fifty percent. So my minimum was a hundred and twenty calls a day and six hours of talk time. That's smart. Interesting. Right? And what's what's amazing, and I think what a lot of people start to learn is that the rewards, when you do 50% more, the rewards are not 50% more. The rewards are 400% more, 600% more, 10 times, right? It's not linear like that. It's exponential for the work that you put in. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Can you actually give an example of um, how that would make sense in the real estate business if 50% action equals 400% results? Yeah. So, like, if the you know, what is the, the, the average number of, let's say, open houses that an agent does on a weekend? Zero? One? Two. one? Sure. Two, right. You know, for, for like one, maybe? Well, okay, so, so that, that maybe that agent would make $50,000 in a year. Well, what if he did four open houses a weekend? Right. right? So you're doing four, you know, four open houses. Like, that, those type of agents with those type of activities are starting, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. 10, 10x right. what that agent that's, you know, making 50 is doing. Right. It's not going from 50,000 to 200,000. It's going from 50,000 to, to 400,000 or 500,000. Right. And so just starting to, and, and it doesn't take that much more time to do those types of things. Um, so that would, you know, in the real estate business, it would just be, what are your, what are the activities you're doing? How many calls are you making on a daily basis? So yeah. what do you guys think is the average right now for most agents in terms of number of contacts a day? Probably super low. Two? <laughs> yeah, two, three, right? Yeah. Well, I saw somebody at Starbucks. That counts as one. Right. Mm. right. Right? And so, but in, in our business, like, you know, the, the more people you talk to, if you talk to 20 a day, 30 a day, right? Like, those type of results, you start to... Exponential. You know, they'll start to really add up. Yeah. So, it's interesting to, to sort of hear how your mind works. So back when you were at IBM, you started thinking, hey, if I can do three, four times what other people are doing, you know, my, my, my numbers will be much larger. And then um, it sounds like, you know, you realize, hey, if I put in all this extra work, I'm not going to be paid substantially more. There's like, there, I guess there's a cap at yeah, what you can yeah, make exactly. in a business In like corporate that. America. In corporate mm -hmm. America. Okay. Yeah. So Lindsay, um, you know, sort of got the, the business off the ground and then, and then you slowly joined her. Yeah, exactly. Like she was, you know, rookie of the year with Keller Williams that, you know, first year. And I saw what she was making and it was like, yeah, if I, if I put in the work that I put in, in corporate America, if I put that in, in real estate, which nobody, you know, a lot of people are, are not doing a lot of, well, that's what I, my, my observation was sure. that there wasn't a lot of structured work that was going on in real estate yeah. that the, the, the rewards could be much greater. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. Structure. And we saw, like, when, so when we started in real estate, like I saw we were, you know, in the top 6,000 agents, top 5,000, then the top 1,000, then top 600, then, oh, wow, then top, like, top 100, top 50, right? And, and yeah. last year we were, I think, top five in all of Chicago out of 15,000 agents and number one listing agent over, you know, over 350,000 price point. Yeah, that. but that's not fair. You have a team. <laughs> you have a team. Yeah, it's silly how that works. Yes. So, so okay. So if you take, if you want to take 225 million in production divided by seven people, uh, seven agents, that's 32 million dollars per agent production. 
You know, I'm happy you brought that up. That's exactly one of the things that we talk about a lot in our office when people give us that same thing, you know. Uh, we have five agents. We did 167 deals last year. It's 33 deals per person, right? right? I mean, if we ever go, like our goal for our team is to add a few more agents, but we're never gonna go so wide that we end up with agents doing two, three deals a year. It's, yeah. it's Why not? It, why would we not do that? Yeah. A couple of reasons. Uh, I think it, it waters down the brand first and foremost. Yeah. I think it's a disservice to our client. Um, if I wanna put uh, one of our team members in front of a client, I want to make sure that they're getting, you know, absolute value. And yeah. uh, I unfortunately think an agent that, you know, is not at that level yet probably can't provide the highest level of value that we're trying to provide people with. Right. Yeah. And if they're, if they're part of your team, right, and everything you guys provide and structure and they're doing two or three deals, how are you really helping them? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's funny you say that because, Lee, I remember you saying a week ago, if you can't bring value, then there's nothing that you can actually do bringing them on your team. Um, mm -hmm. and, and with what you've done in your corporate job and coming into the real estate arena, it just shows that you're natural at studying your marketplace, knowing what you need to do to adapt to go to the top, which is, which is amazing. What are some of the things that you helped with the team to make the average production $39 million? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, number one is to understand that there's three ways, and we all learned this from Mike, from Mike Ferry, there's three ways yep. to, to get business. Number one is to buy it, mm -hmm. buy business. Number two is to wait for it. And number three is to go out and find it. And what's the most profitable way? Find it. Those find three, it. To find it, mm -hmm. right? And the good news is there's not very, very people going out every day finding business, and so you don't have much competition. So that you know, number one, understanding that, you know, being a proactive agent mm -hmm. is the only way to do business. You don't, you know, you, when you get your license, they don't hand you a list, you know, a, here's deals, here's the, you know, here you go, you're welcome to real estate, here's all your clients. Yeah. We are all independent contractors. We all have to go out and find business every single day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think new agents, when they come on and we tell them, here's, a, you know, a group of people to give a call to, they're like, well, these are bad leads. Well, I don't want to give a call to them. Uh, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that. What are some of the things that you see it's hard to get agents to do when you're bringing them onto your team? Yeah, so number one is understanding that they're not just leads or, per, you know, those are people, right? Like mm -hmm. they, so taking the time to, to understand you're talking to somebody, they have goals, they have aspirations. They they have wants. Mm -hmm. What are those? Are you are you just dismissing? Okay, well this person didn't want to buy, or did you understand who, who why why did they even reach out in the first place? How did they get into your system? How did you talk to them first? Why are we, you know, they're, they're, you're talking to them for a reason. Yep. And so, what is their motivation? What's it? Well, you know, they're they're they they might not be moving here for a couple of months or a year. Great. Yeah. Awesome. You'll, you'll still be in business hopefully in a year, right? And so understanding that there's different levels, different motivations, and that you're talking to a person on the other line of the side of the phone. You're not just talking to a number. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of John Feltz, one of our agents. Yeah, he had a rental lead that came in, um, and he doesn't discriminate whether it's rental or if it's a uh, purchase. Uh, he shows the rental, finds out that the family of that uh, uh, client owned a $2 million condo, they had $3.8 million in cash, and they wanted to buy their daughter something if she couldn't find a place to live. She ended up buying a $700,000 condo within two showings cash, um, mm -hmm. which just goes to show that it's beyond you know, a contact. Yeah. It's actually a person who has a goal to accomplish. 
What you didn't say and, was and the answer is there. the answer is in the numbers. So, for example, like, great, you know, you're not very good at prospecting right now. So, what does that mean? Hmm. Well, that means that I have to talk to 150 people to get a deal. Great, good to know. Well, how many? Do you, what's your goal for the year? Well, we want to, you know, we want to do 24 deals. Wow, that's a lot of people you got to talk to, right? 24. 24 deals times 150 people you got, you know, talk to is 3,600 people mm. that you have to talk to in a year, right? Yep. Divided by, you know, work 48 weeks this year. Okay, that's, wow, that's 78, 75 people a week. Mm. Interesting. Divided by five days. So you got to talk to five, 15 people a day in order to hit your goals. Yeah. How how committed are you to those goals? Yeah. How how realistic is that for you? Mm-hmm. Can you talk? Can you talk to fifteen people a day in order to buy that house that you want to buy? I love that. So Lee, you have obviously a successful team. Are these the sort of conversations you're having with the members of your team? Like, are they expected to come in and prospect? Yeah. So it all starts with what is important to them, mm-hmm. right? That if I if I were to say to you, John. Um, and Kiro, like, hey, all right, time to hit the phones. Let's go. Let's go call. Like, you know, what's in it for me? Why? And so, understanding what their motivation is first. And I, I'm the first to. I, I will be the first to say I'm, I've not done as good of a job as I could on that one point. Of instead of being a, an authoritarian um, leader, being more of coming from that, coming from service, coming from understanding what each person wants. I'm working on it. That's that's why we're having this conversation. Is that's where we're going? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's so fun. figuring out what their goals are first, why they're mm-hmm. why they're showing up every day, and and then you know figuring out, you know, because yeah. like we've all seen it, right? Where the agent just sits down and says, "Well, I want to make a million dollars," and it's it's why. What are you going to do with that? Uh, where you know what kind of freedom would that give you, right? Mm-hmm. And and sort of backing into it that way. Because yeah. um, if someone falls short of that, then you ask them, "Well, is that?" really your priority or do you have any other commitments that are bigger than this because if that's a commitment that you want to accomplish then there should be nothing else in that way um, and and I, I really do believe that our as leaders our main goal is to, our, our main job is to make what our agents want hmm. believable to them yeah achievable to them right they want to make whatever it is a two hundred thousand dollars great here's exactly how to do it here's why here you know here's how and and making it believable and achievable to them yeah that's great yeah so and Lee, you're guiding out. them guiding them yeah mm-hmm. you know that's that's sort of like the whole mfo platform the biggest eye-opener for me is just this business can be duplicatable it can can be replicatable uh if you if you connect the dots between the numbers right so yeah. Yeah. i think that's been the biggest gift for me is just being able to share all of the wisdom Mike's, Mike's given us uh, with the agents on our team um, in sort of a team environment, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Instead of telling them to close the door and you know be that sole <laughs> agent, we're all going to do it together. And we have a little mini prospecting school each morning. So yeah. that's yeah. how we've been able to implement it in our office. Were you going to yeah. say something? Yeah. So Lee, you're obviously a top producer on your own and obviously with the team and guiding everybody to, to hit your goals. But the one thing that's most impressive is being able to dominate a niche market or a specific, you know, couple mile radius. How did you do that? So, yeah, really good, 
the simplest answer I can give you is I bought a house there. Mm. <laughs> right? Access, you know, uh, location gives you access, mm. right? And so if you expect to dominate a market that you don't live in, you're kind of playing from behind. Mm. So um, I studied the market that I had moved into, and I realized there was no, t- there was no main producing agent. There are, right? If you guys look at every single market, there's there mostly is an agent that's dominating. But how dominating, how dominating are they? Mm. And you'll notice that, like, there's plenty of markets where there's some good agents. You, you know, the, the, the mind share is like, well, this is the top producing agent. But then you look, and they only do, like, five deals. Yeah. They're not really top. They've just been there for so long. That's not yeah. hard to to sur- surmount them yeah. in that respect. So number one is is living there and being a part of the community. Do you know? Have you called every single neighbor on your block? Hmm. Does everybody know you? Hmm. Right. Right. Start. Start there. You guys remember obviously Neil Schwartz, Century Twenty One Masters, when yep. he would just, okay go, go walk out of your office, <laughs> turn right, knock on the first door. Yeah. Yep. Knock on the second. Yeah, that's golden. So that's that's interesting. So let's just take a step back for a second. So you've been in the business 17 years. How recently did you move into your market? I moved in uh, eight years ago. Okay. and Which feels like yesterday, obviously. <laughs> and before that, you were still doing a lot of business in that area, but it just seems like yeah. the, the natural move. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Awesome. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. So if a new agent came up to you and said, how do I dominate a marketplace? You'd say buy a house in that area you want to be in. Right. So that's, and at that point, when I had moved into that neighborhood, the neighborhood I live in now, I had already been selling homes, right? Mm -hmm. Like I already had a track record. Mm -hmm. And so um, not necessarily in the neighborhood per se that much, but, but so if, if you say a new agent, right. For a new agent, I would try and be the, the, top agent inside your sphere yeah who's the top agent in your sphere how many people do you know how many people know you let's say it's 258 50 people who's the top agent inside of that right and there's only one way to find out you gotta call them and ask right hey kiro slee got a quick uh you got a moment for a quick business call sure sure well, I was just wondering if you were buying or selling a home or knew somebody who was, do you have an agent you'd refer them to? No, none in mind. No? Awesome. Can I be your go-to guy? Sure. <laughs> awesome. Great. That easy. Right? So, that, and so just, and then just do that 250 times. Right. Or a thousand times. That, that, and then even if they say, yeah, I do have somebody. Hmm. Oh, what is the chance that that agent that they have in mind is going to call them twice a year or four times a year? Highly unlikely. Slim to none. Yep. Right? Yeah. Now, if they say it's my sister and I can't, you know, she, you know, okay, fine. Maybe you, you, you'd be a little more picky. But at least when you're new, you become the expert. You become the top agent inside of your center of influence. Yeah, that's good. I think. Which how, and how much does that cost? Nothing. Nothing. Well, I think you said a couple interesting things there. Um, first and foremost, the thing that comes to mind for me is if you don't live, you can't sell what you don't know, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you know driving a BMW and trying to sell like a Mercedes for a living, right? Like it's mm-hmm. if you don't live there and you don't believe in it yourself, how can you get out there and sell it every day? Yep. Um, so I think that that sort of comes to mind for me. You have to sort of be there, live there, 
and uh, sort of know the restaurants and know the area and know the transportation like the back of your hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I, I had some other questions I wanted to talk to you about with some 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 marketing and, and building a little bit of the, the brand, you know, so much of what we've seen on, on Instagram. But yeah. I think maybe the segue is just to talk about the past clients a little bit more just because he yeah. was going into that. So, it, you know, one of the things that's impressive is being able to have raving fans. And, yeah. you know, I remember in one of the Mike Ferry events, you were on stage and you were asked, well, why are new agents scared to call their sphere and past clients? And your response verbatim was, you're never bothering them if you're bringing value. Mm -hmm. So constantly bring value and you will not be scared to call them. Mm -hmm. What kind of value do you bring to continue having raving fans and to continue to have that kind of retention with your sphere and PC? Right. So, so number one is just the fact that like, if you're, if you're a, I mean, you guys have accountants, yes? Mm -hmm. Of course. His dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, have they called you a couple of times a year? No. To catch you up on what's going on in taxes? Mm. No. You, you have a primary care physician? Have they ever called you to catch you up on what's going on in the medical field? No. Right? So, like, but your real estate agent calls you that just while... Well, you see, what's nice is we're not in other um, professions like, let's call it insurance or other types of things where, like, nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about real estate. Yep. So you're not we're, – luckily, we're in an industry that you're not you're, – you're relevant. You know, what, what, well, I don't remember what the percentage of the U.S. economy is based on real estate, but it's a lot. Mm. And so we're very relevant. People love Instagram. They love the photos of properties. So you're, you're coming from that respect. They've seen, you know, uh, TV shows where, where agents so – you're coming from relevance there. But then also, like, catching them up on, on the market. But, of course, if you're just talking about the market every time, that's, you know, then that you're going to lose that. But, like, what is relevant to them? Exactly. And, and, and part of it could just be, remember the, the Go-Giver from Andy Andrews or any of those books of like, you show up and you just provide value with who you are and listening. Wow. Yep. That's good. <laughs> Talking about Instagram, what triggered your massive action on social media? Um, great question. Um, triggered our massive action there so real estate is a stressful job yes yep and so that became an outlet for us to have fun to enjoy to like it's not as stressful when you're like having fun and it, it's like what a crazy thing that now you can make jokes you can like just have fun with what you do and it's it's an acceptable vehicle for marketing yeah yeah so that was that was part of it too that's awesome. You were at one of the prospecting clinics uh, a couple of years back with one of your team members. And it's like everybody was stressed out. And you and I remember who it was. You guys were jumping up and down, excited, going crazy. So I could see you guys doing that in behind closed doors as well. Right. As so have, have, and it's not because it, we've all we've all um, have our track record. We all have the chops that we've earned in terms of our success in sales. And so now you don't you don't have to convince people of that as much anymore. They, you know, you can see it, you go on Zillow, you can see them. You're, now it's who are you as a person and what do you, does somebody want to work with you? Yeah. So is it fair to say that, 
is it fair to say that you guys are a little bit more comfortable now doing a lot more on social media now that you have the track record behind you as compared yeah, to that's it. I would, which I think is a double-edged sword because I think a lot of agents look and they're like, Oh look, there's Ryan Serhant. There's, you know, you name it that they're on, they're doing this on social. So that must be yep. the way, but what they don't see is Ryan showing, you know, $2,000 a month rentals for years and taking that client and like, or, or his hundred hours a week, right? They don't see that part. So they, they, they just think it's the social part. And so then they're just social media, low producers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's if it, all day long. I would say it's being productive, being action oriented, being proactive. 99%. Yep. And the 1% is what you show on social media because then you have a presence. Yeah. But it's not, you can't be, you can't do it just based on social or I bet there's agents who can, and maybe they do, you know, 5 million in business or 10, I don't know, you know, in terms of dollar volume, but not, you have to have the actual yeah. uh, proactiveness behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too, because a lot of people, you know, just, uh, you know, may not know, may not see the track record or may not know those things and just see the goofy side. But obviously it, it takes, uh, you know, very little work to look up some of those numbers <laughs> these days on Zillow. So that's super important. You know, that, that brings me to my next question. I, you know, I have to commend you guys. It, it seems like, you know, you're not just running a team, you know, at, uh, at, at properties. It's, it, you've actually been able to build a brand. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Like, how have you guys been able to make, you know, uh, Lee Marcus a household name? And it seems like you guys are really picking up market share and, and uh, you know, how, have, how have you been able to build that brand? Is it through social media? So, yeah. So we, we are in the most incredible industry that like if you're a top attorney, okay, and you do a, a lot of cases and you win a lot of verdicts, where is that posted? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. But we are in a business where like your name is on a sign that you're selling. It's the craziest thing. Yep. Like, and so being the top listing agent pays exponentially more than the top buyer's agent, not just because of the time, but because if you sell a hundred buyers, where's the, where does that show up? But you sell a hundred homes listings, you're everywhere. Yeah. Are you guys in a market where there are signs also? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, some are just high rise condos. Right. It's a little right, harder, right. but you can still market that. So number one, trust me, people will find a place to put their sign, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we, yeah, that's great. So, so right. So just being, um, let's start there that like, what is the Mike Ferry's uh, marketing plan? Find a saleable, take a saleable listing, sell it, mm. tell everybody that you took it, that you sold it and go find yeah, more. Yeah. That's exactly. Cool. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 take, it goes back to what you were saying before. I think, you know, I hate to use the word blessed because it's so overused these days, you know, with hashtag blessed and all this craziness, <laughs> but it's, we truly are blessed to be in a business uh, that everybody's always talking about, right? I mean, yeah. you could be online at the grocery store and the people behind you are talking about, oh my gosh, my neighbor just sold for this. Or uh, can you believe what my daughter's paying in rent? Yeah. And, you know, first, you know, people go wild when a for sale sign goes up on their street. You know, it, we're, we truly are blessed to be in a business that that people constantly want to talk about. Uh, but, but, but John, I don't want to, I don't want to, 
I don't want to be bothering anybody. I don't want to like call people. Yeah, of course. I, I don't want to do it either, but I also want to make make my fair share, right? So yeah. I do what I know. And then you you asked about value because that's part of like when you are when the service you offer, when you actually are you have a lot of systems in place, mm -hmm. you you actually like are providing a really good service, you know what you're doing, like you're not very hesitant. You're not very hesitant at that point to tell people about it or talk to people because you are you 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 are talking about things and you, you're coming with, from a very good place because you've built a high level of service. Now, if you are, if you don't have that, you haven't built that, you don't know a lot, then it, yeah, you're right. I can see why it is harder to to talk to people. That's why you join a big team or a good team or a high producing team or a high you know team that's going to help whatever because you have that behind you. Yeah, but even what you were saying before is 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 I think a difficult conversation for people just to call your database and literally say, hey, who do you go to for real estate advice? Mm. If you needed to make mm. a real estate decision, who would you speak mm. to? And when they say no one or I don't have anybody in mind, which most people would say, for you to actually say the words well, can I be that person or, or, you know, uh, yeah. can I be your go-to yeah. resource? That that's a very difficult conversation for a lot of people to have, but I think it's one of those things where, you know, you just, you build it into your, your, your repertoire and, and, you know, in yeah, I, I definitely can see that, especially when you're new and you don't, but if you, as you get more, as you are confident in what you're doing, like really, if you if you're taking the time. So, for example, if you're a new agent, are they are you able to preview homes there? Yeah. Right. So, if you make previewing homes part of your daily routine, weekly routine, and all of a sudden you know every single condo that's up and every single home, and you've been in it, like you start like that's that's the capital, that's the value that you bring is your knowledge and you've seen it, you know what you're talking, like then you're, that's how you build, you know, your ability to, to talk to people is by building your confidence. And how do you build your confidence is you actually, you're not faking it. You actually know yep. what things are selling for. And here's why that one sold for this, because you were in it and you saw that it, you know, it had this view and that's how, so, so I would say if you go learn your trade, and what is the trade that we're in is talking to people, but knowledge and, and skill set like that. And so see as many places as you can, learn about why, talk to the agents there, why is this, why is it priced here? Why, like really, really, really learn everything you possibly can. Yeah. And then you're not as hesitant to call people. Yeah. Confidence yeah. is confidence. That's what Mike it, always used to say. It, it, confidence is confidence. It's, um, you know, it goes back to like what we said before, buying the house in the neighborhood, then then you're actually ingrained and you know, you know, you know everything that's going on. And it's, 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 uh, I mean, we've all been on those listing appointments where you're talking about comps and you're like, oh shit, I, I don't know any of these places, right? Or you're like, I, I maybe don't know this neighborhood as well as I thought. Versus being on a listing appointment, you're like, all right, yeah, we actually sold this one. The one next to it, um, you know, uh, yeah. a friend of ours sold, yeah. or, or we actually had a uh, multiple offer situation. Yeah. We had the buyer, and and it, it's a totally different world. Uh, and maybe the third one is a condo building that like you're very, you know, very very familiar with. So, 
When, when mm -hmm. you know the product and know the market like that from previews or just, just you know, studying the, the local industry or local local market, I should say, yeah. it, it puts you in such a better position to succeed. But John, that seems like a lot of work. You know, it is a lot of work. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> well, you could be a roofer in, in, in July, right? And, yeah. and out there swinging a hammer. I'd much rather be in my air conditioned yeah. office. And so that's why what's the failure rate in real estate? It's huge. I, uh, what 80%, is it like? I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I've heard 88% within 18 months. What industry has an 88% failure rate in 18 months? I, I don't, like teachers don't, yep. doctors don't, lawyers don't. I don't, I don't know what has an 88% failure rate yep. in 18 months. Like, and they don't advertise that obviously. So real estate is the absolute worst low paying job there is. Because if you're making 25 or 30 grand, you still know you're working 60 hours probably, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're still, there's a lot better things you can do. So real, like if you're going to do this, you might as well do really well. Yeah. It's such a better place to be. And I think that's where exposure comes into play. It's huge, right? Because uh, if the average agent closes, you know, four transactions a year and well, let's first off start by saying half of the agents don't do anything that are licensed, and then the other half yeah, average out four to five homes a year. Um, who you're exposed to makes a world of a difference. Um, who you're exposed yeah, to. Absolutely, and you know, I think one of our standards for agents is someone with no experience, right? Why? Because when they come into the industry with no experience, and you're saying, okay, your goal is gonna be three homes a, year, uh, a month, they're like, okay, great, yeah. that's normal. I'm gonna work for 40 hours a week to do you yeah. know, one a week, it sounds fair, yep. but to someone who has experience from other offices and they walk in there and then the person's like, damn, I sold three homes. I got a trophy this year. And that bar gets set so low. And that's why that yeah. failure rate is so um, high because of lack that's of exposure, which is, which is huge. Lee, one of the things I admired about you the most is you're, you're big on self-development and you're never settling for the person that you were yesterday, the person that you were last year. Um, you're always trying to level up. In San Diego, about a month ago, when we were at a, a seminar, um, you, you gave us advice about a course and we're super excited and happy that we did it right away. Uh, I'm just curious to know if there's any other courses, seminars, classes uh, that you would credit part of your success to. Tony Robbins. Now, I, I'm going to get into a sensitive part. I hope you're okay with that. On sure. stage, I remember you talking about work-life balance. Was that the impact mm -hmm. Tony Robbins had on you? Um. At that point, I didn't have any kids, so and my my wife was in real estate, so like there was no work-life balance. We were in real estate together. There's no what what balanced, you know, everything was work. Yeah. But you know, as so Tony was more about the the really the only thing you have to offer or your true value is the person you become. Mm. That's the only you can't take anything else with you, right? You don't. There's nothing else you own except for the person you become, and so become that person, right? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be like? What do you, what, what reaction do you want to get from people? And so if you want a positive one, you have to do a lot of positive things in this world. And so the, Tony, you know, that a big part of that was just, you know, and, and that you create your own destiny, right? That like you can be, you can do anything you want and, 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 but it's all about who you become. Mm. And so work-life balance, right, was more about um, that's, you know, the, 
I, I think Tony does talk about that, but like I think you start to understand that. Well, well actually, so so the probably the biggest part is achieving once you've achieved all of your goals more than you ever thought you could. Now what? Mm. And that's a big thing for people. That's a huge part that like more. Yeah. Well, there's more and there's more and there's more. Yeah, okay. And then what? And you realize that at the end of the day, who do you really have is your family, mm-hmm. is your friends, is the people that the relationships you have. Like that's, what did I hear that recently? That the, cur- the currency of life is your relationships. Like that is, that is it. You can't, you know, there's only so much money you can spend. There's only so much deals. Like there's yeah. not, yes, but it's about the relationship. Your gravestone can't say you made a lot of money. <laughs> it's going right. to say father, yeah. husband, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's it. And so, and we all, I think we can all agree. We always need to work on that. Like I'm, I'm not speaking from a point that it's perfect. It's more like that's the work and that that's the work that we have to do. I love it. Any pivotal points in your career that, uh, by implementing anything that Tony taught you that changed everything for you? Well, just so Tony and Mike Ferry, obviously, as well, but because Mike talks a lot about show up, pay attention, you know, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to the outcome. Showing up and paying attention is so big because what you start to realize, you guys know, like you start to say certain things a certain way and you get a reaction from people. It's like, wow, that was negative. Mm-hmm. But you, next time you say it differently, and all of a sudden you get the positive, right? So, like, pay attention to how you know, to everything that happens. Like you said, um, also how, what do you talk about? What do you talk about when you call people? What's relevant? What is relevant right now? Showing up, pay attention, and you always have content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Tony, you know, more from Tony was just about creating that light, like living outside the box. Like there is no box. You can have any type of, you can be a realtor that makes videos and you can be funny and you can be, whatever silly and you can do all this and you can you can have a career that's crazy there is no box right living a life by design how do you want to design the future of your team and the agents within it for the future same thing with clients is coming is having value right so if you're like if you don't provide value you're always going to worry about people leaving you and it's and they did they deserve to leave Mm -hmm. you right at that point if you're not it, it should be such a mutually beneficial relationship that you're like, great, if, if, you, if, if there's a better place for you, we wish you the best because we provide this, you know, what we provide is top value and service. And so that's, that's what makes it best for the team, for them. What are some ways that you provide value to, to the people on your team? Well, when you, get, when you get into real estate, real estate is an island. Mm-hmm. You're on your own. Who, who teaches you what? Yeah. How do you, you know, you're alone. It's a, it is a lonely, it's a lonely job, yeah. a lonely place to 100%. be. And so having that camaraderie, having a place to be, someone to go to, someone that's rooting for you, someone that can help hold you accountable to your goals of what you want, of what's important to you is, um, and, and really like for, at a certain point, it's more about getting time back mm. than money. And so, and the money is great too for people, but also what, what in return, what are you trading for that money? And so if, if there's a way for teams to give people back time, that's, that's high value. Yeah. I forget who said it, but they said you're, you're trading your time for money or you're getting your money's worth. That was Bernie. Bernie. Mm-hmm. Yep. The infamous Bernie. And so, and, and 
I have no idea what the divorce rate is in real estate, but I bet it's higher than normal. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, what's it like going to, going to dinner with your spouse on Friday evening if you do? What's it like? Yeah. Hey, we just had this house just came on. <laughs> oh my goodness, I need to see that tomorrow. Or, or we just saw it and you're negotiating three offers. And like, I know, hey, Kiro, John, I know it's, I know it's seven o'clock at night, but did you hear back on the, our counter yeah. offer yet? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, right? right? So like, how, like how, how, if you have a, how understanding do our spouses have to be? Thank God, goodness, Lindsay was in real estate first, so she knows exactly what we're doing, right? right? That's amazing. But I, I don't know. It's, it's, it is, that's why I, I really, really wish that there were like people would not get into this. So, um, lightheartedly about yeah. get into it willy nilly because it ruins lives. <laughs> you're... Real estate ruins lives. <laughs> we went from saying you're the last to saying, no, I, I totally, I'm making a joke of it, but I totally you're, get what you right, mean. You're, you're, you're blessed if you see the opportunity and the upside and you're, and you're, in, um, uh, intelligent or, or, um, you know, you're, you're proactive about what you want it to look like and your boundaries, yep. right? But, and you, and if you understand it, like, okay, great. First five to 10 years, I'm going to give probably 150%, yep. right? Yep. Right? Yeah. So that's, and if you, if, if you think you're going to have work-life balance, so let's just start there. If you think you're going to have work-life balance in the first three years, two, three years of real estate, yeah. I mean, you know, at some level, you might have, you might have a lot of that balance, but you might not have a lot of uh, commission checks either. (laughs) Commission, right? So on a team, luckily on a team, there's a a way, you know, with a team, there is more balance and there's a way to provide more of that. But still, you, if you're not really dedicated to 50, 60 hours of work, no matter what it is, you're, it's very hard to get the 747 off the ground. So Lee, how do you, you and your wife put like a hard stop to work conversations? Like how... You know, how do you get that balance where it's like, or, or do you ever find yourself going into work mode at nine o'clock at night and you have to sort of turn it off? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's just say you're a single agent with a team. You're responsible for yourself, your clients, mm-hmm. and your family. Great. But now you add an assistant. And you add another agent, and you add a buyer's agent, and you add a. And you're responsible for how many people now? Yeah. Their lives, your lives, like, how, how does anyone sleep, right? Well, that's why you don't do this willy nilly. But that's right. So, so yes, we definitely have those. Um, we definitely have those times when like work dominates. Yeah. Right, our life, and so one of the things we put into play recently was we have two to three hour meetings once a week, just Lindsay and I offsite so that I can give her what she needs. I love that. Not at night, <laughs> you know, that, that is during the day, you know, time and that to, to go through, you know, talk through everything, right. Mm-hmm. To have lunch offsite, do all that stuff. And, and you do that on a weekly basis. You start to pick up a lot. Of, you start to pick a lot of momentum yeah. as a couple. But it's important to put it in the schedule yeah. and to, yeah. to make time for it, right? It's not just. I used to try and do it at four in the afternoon. No way. Three in the afternoon. No way. My magic was Monday at ten a.m. Monday at eleven a.m. Just that was. You find what works. 
Yeah. Bit. And that's just solely so you guys could talk about what's going on in your personal lives or? Yeah. And, and, and it depends on much, how much time, because if you start, as you start doing it, even three hours might not be enough to talk to a business. Well, I work with my right. wife, right? So I don't know if, yeah. you, you know, whatever it is, but you know, yes, you, you eventually get through the work yeah. time and, and you have, and that's when you, you do have a space for personal life. And we do, we run EOS, which I think you guys do yeah. as well. And so there's, there's structure to meetings and all of that, but this, it's a, it's a constant battle for your balance. Yeah. yeah. I know you have two beautiful girls, uh, you know, three, three, oh wow. Three sorry. beautiful girls. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, if, okay. if, if let's say one of your daughters came up to you and said, Hey, uh, dad, I want to get into the real estate business. Uh, and you only had to give one piece of advice and you couldn't give any other, uh, tidbits to them, what would that one piece of advice be? Don't reinvent the wheel. You're not smarter than everyone else than you think. Go with what works. Success leaves clues. If you think that you could be successful by, you know, and I would say this in a nice way, obviously. <laughs> I'm happy you're, I'm very, actually, I'd be, I'm ecstatic that, that they would want to get into real estate and they've, that, that means I've set a example Right. I'm thrilled that they've set an example that they want to follow. That's fantastic. But like I said to you guys earlier, it's a double edged sword and real estate can take that from you, you know, your life if you're not careful about how you um, how you do it. And so what's great about being proactive, which is why we love what we do, is we decide who we talk to, who we take on as clients, all of that great stuff. You have a lot of options when you lead generate. So what, what, I would, what the biggest thing I would get to her to them is that it's a great opportunity for sure, right? But being very clear, I would honestly, I'd probably say go get two or three jobs first. <laughs> Learn what the real world is like so that you see how great it is it's true. in real estate. That's a good it's point. True. I almost, I'm extremely hesitant for anyone. So two things, extremely hesitant for anyone to get into real estate that hasn't been in corporate environment first, although there's exceptions like Brianne Llewellyn out of Oklahoma City and other amazing agents that got into real estate first, fine. But that's the, I think that's the exception. So have a couple of jobs first and then that. Um, unless, unless you know yourself, unless you're extremely you know, motivated and, and can make it happen. And the second is go try real estate on your own first yeah. and then join a team. I mean, unless, unless you know the value already of a team and you don't take it for granted, fine. That's great. Join a team. But it's such a difference having mentors like yourself and all the resources that, that teams bring that you take for granted if your first interaction in real estate is on a team. You don't realize yeah. how, how crazy it is out there. It's, yeah. There has to be pain for there to be some gain. That's just across mm -hmm. the board. That makes a lot of sense. For context. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. I don't know. What would you guys say? We're the ones asking the question. No, <laughs> that's I, a really I, good point. I think I... I I mean, I don't have kids yet, but what I tell people who are considering real estate, like some people on our team, yep. it's not a job. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, I never want to be that agent that says, oh, I work 24 hours a day or, you know, maybe I said that my first year or whatever foolish things that came out of my mouth at that time. But it, it's a lifestyle, right? It, you are living this 24 hours a day, especially if you want to, you know, uh, get to a high level and you're not obviously working 24 hours a day, but like you said, you're, you're, there's people underneath you. You're sort of thinking about your next move, your next marketing thing, your next appointment. It's just, you know, there's no turning off. 
And I think people would need to realize that in order to be successful, uh, how much they have to invest in it. And so you have, right, you have, you have to work on ways to be present in the moment. Like if you're not, if you're thinking about, that's where I need help, Lee. Family, when you're at work, or not, not, not like when you're doing something, and then you're on vac- You're going to be thinking about work when you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. It just means you can't be present. And so, focusing, practicing what that means, what that looks like, what type of practices do you have in place to, you know, to practice being present and mindful in yeah. the moment. If you're not counterbalancing, if you're not inter- putting that throughout your day. At a certain point, you can get away with it for yeah. a while. You can get away with it for two, three, four, five years, fine. But at a certain point, it catches you up. You know what? Uh, I know you speak with Aaron Novello often. Um, yeah. He's a, a great coach of mine. One thing that he said to me recently was he said, you know, what, one of the biggest problems is that every time you open this up, right, there's money in there, right? And we are, again, I'll use the word blessed. We are in a business where every time you open this up, there's opportunities and there's more money. Mm-hmm. It's almost like knowing that you have a slot machine in the casino that's just like somehow, some way, just feeding you money and you're just sort of like, how can I get back there? And it's just, you could always open this up and find your next opportunity and, and it becomes a major distraction for the rest of your life or the other parts of your life, I should say, if, if you're not careful about yeah. um, you know, uh, making time for relationships and, yeah. and all that. I now I'm airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> no, that's good. Could you tell that this is an issue in 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 my my life? <laughs> no, I I just well, it I don't be, know how to it, turn it off I, sometimes. So so I think I would I would venture to say it's the default. Yeah. There is no. The default is exactly what we're talking what you're talking yeah. about. Right? Exactly. So I have a two part question as we come to this conclusion. Uh, what would you say to your kid, Kiro? If they damn, I was trying to avoid that question. <laughs> Sorry, man. I would say be intentional with what accomplishes what you may feel is your purpose. Um, and if that's what it is, then, then great, but be intentional with it. Um, if it's not, then it's not going to be a stepping stone to anything because it is a, a lifestyle, right? What, what is be intentional about your purpose? You know, I, I think that uh, when you went over KPIs in the beginning, uh, talking about 12 contacts, 15 contacts a day to hit the 24 goal, uh, some people might hear that and be like, oh, I could do that. I'll do 50. Next thing you know is they go, hello, you want to sell? No. Okay, next. Hello, you want to sell? No. Next. Okay. Yeah. Making, you could yeah. do the action just to say that you did it, or you could actually give it your all knowing that there is no regrets. You could move on from it mm-hmm. knowing that you did everything that you could. So that way, when someone says that you do the best that you could have done, the answer is always yeah. going to be yes. Because, again, you're trading your, your time for money. Have you read that, uh, The Four Agreements? Yep. Yep. I have not. It, it, number one, I think it's don't uh, don't lie to yourself or don't mm-hmm. tell the tell truth. The truth. Uh, what's the other three, Lee? Oh, always, always do, do your, your best. best. Because and and what that well, but I you know I don't know what my best is or I don't you know what but no just always do your best and you know what that is in the moment because if you were present if you showed up the way you know if you're showing up and doing your best, why well, I'm not capable of doing this, this and this fine. Okay. That wasn't your best. You weren't able that's, but always do your best. And then you don't have regrets because you did yeah. your best. Yeah. W- whenever anybody talks about regrets, I just think about how my family came, my, my family were immigrants, right? I'm first generation. 
I used to wait up for my dad all night. He would come home at like 10 o'clock at night. So he'd bust his butt for us to be able to have a dream to be able to fulfill. So mm -hmm. I feel like if it wasn't doing your best, you're essentially taking that sacrifice that they made for you in vain. Yeah. So is that, yeah, that, that, that carries through? With of course. It, 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 it's, it's not only your personal wants, but it's the sacrifices of others that put you in the place that you're in today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, First, you know, being this, being being first generation, so you are first generation, yes. right? Green card citizenship, all that. A quick in, in, in yeah. impersonation of your father. Uh, that, and that's, sorry, and that's kind of what I was me saying about getting into real estate yeah. if you've had a job is like, you don't realize, and with your parents, like what what I mean, I guess you do realize what it took to get mm -hmm. here, to get where you are now, and you're gonna go sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Like you're dishonoring them or not even honoring, you know, what they went through. Um, but then also looking ahead, not just like honoring what your parents did, but honoring your family, your future family, your kids of what to provide them. What are you showing exactly. them? Exactly. Not to take anything for granted. Um, I had a two part question for you. Uh, if in five years, where uh, do you want the team to be production wise? So, uh, our three-year goal is 1,100 transactions, 1,100 transactions, $675 million. That's three, three years. years. Okay, so uh, yeah. let's assume that you had the remainder of this calendar year to accomplish 1,100 transactions, uh, $600 million in volume, um, and your life depended on it. How would you go about accomplishing that? So he just con he condensed your three-year goal into, into nine what? or six eight months. Eight months. <laughs> yeah, no, that, so... Having an amazing sales manager that takes the values of the team, right, our core values of what we are, and understands the Mike Ferry sales system and other system, you know, other benefits of other systems that they can use to, you know, really help and impact other agents' lives is is our key. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do the rest of the year. Good. Is focus on bringing as much absolute value to the people, not just that we're servicing our clients, but to our agents of helping them achieve what they want to, of what they set out to achieve the rest of oh, the year. So and then then success is imminent. Success through others, I love that. I mean, can you be, can you be amazing, like providing so much value, so much um, service to agents and customers and clients and fail? No. no. And if you did, well, then you know what? You did yeah. your best. But the chance of that failing goes way down if you are bringing that much value and service to the industry and to your team members. You know, Lee, I had a question written down for you, and I'm, I'm glad you sort of segued into that. Um, just in closing, as we wrap up our time here, um, you know, one thing I think that, that uh, happens in our business is a lot of times we close a transaction, and I think if you were to sort of interview that seller and say, well, you know, how did you, how, what did you think of the process? They might say, well, you know, John and Carol did their job. They got my home sold, uh, most likely sold it, you know, quickly in the time frame that they had promised for the price that they had suggested. I'm happy. I feel like a lot of your clients after the transaction uh, become what we call raving fans, right? Tony's taught us to, to, to call those, these, these people in business mastery, we refer to them as raving fans. They go out and tell all of their friends and family, everybody in their network, how great of experience they had uh, with the Lee Marcus team. 
Can you talk to us just a little bit more about how you've been able to sort of make the experience so great? Yeah. So we being like we forget what it's like to buy or sell a home, mm-hmm. don't we? Like we don't. We just do this and do that, and and it sells. Or you, but you're as a as a client. Like there's so much unknown and uncertainty. Like what are you communicating to them? What is going to happen next? Here's what's going to happen next. Here's how how we are going to approach it here. So so continually letting people know what you're doing, why you know what's next, what's what's going on, setting expectations. So the biggest thing is you know that problems don't kill deals, surprises. Mm, I like do. that. You say that one more time. And so problems don't kill deals, surprises do. Hey, we bought this house and it has $15,000 worth of issues. We're out of the deal versus, you know what? We're, we're buying a fixer-upper. We're really excited about this place because it needs this work and this work and this work. And then the inspection reveals 15000 worth of work. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly what we were budgeting. That's actually less. We were budgeting twenty. This is amazing. It's not the problems. It's a, it's a, it's a surprise. We literally talked about that with, so, our, with our agents this morning. Exact same scenario. We said... What do you mean I'm competing against six other offers? We said when the inspection report comes back and you have the conversation with them that, you know, this is a big, scary report and the inspector's doing his job and, you know, uh, is afraid of getting sued, of course. He's going to list everything on there. You know, we're just concerned with the major, major issues. You know, that should be probably the third or fourth time you've had that conversation with the client, right? Not the first. Yeah. That's Not the first. about managing expectations. That's, and so if, you've, if you're paying attention, you know what's going to come up. And you're not, you know, if, if, you're, if you're having the same problem more than a couple of times, you're not doing your job, mm-hmm. right? Right? Does that yep. make sense? That, like, the same thing keeps happening? You're not. Your, your job is to solve, like, why are they hiring you versus somebody else? Is that when we were day one, we were just as bad as any other agent, I would say. I mean, there's no, nobody would argue that. It's that after 2,000 deals, there's not much that can come up that we haven't right. seen and don't know how to handle and don't know how. There was a, uh, a property that went on the market recently in our neighborhood that listed with a discount brokerage, and they said they were not accepting offers until next week and they were just going to show it through the weekend and then we called to schedule a showing and they're like oh we already accepted an offer does the seller know that like they were saying one thing but then one person saw it and bought it like did they do they understand what what just happened there and that they didn't get a full look at the market so that's part of the experience difference right is setting that that's what sellers you know clients are hiring us awesome All right, Lee. Well, thank you so much, man. This has been a, yeah. an, an uh, incredible use of uh, everybody's uh, 60 minutes here. We really, really do appreciate you spending so much time with us. We know you're busy. Uh, just in closing, if somebody wanted to reach out and get in touch with you or, or your team, what would be the best way to reach you? Uh, DM me on Instagram. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, right, LeeMarcus.com. All right. I have my uh, schedule of calls awesome. there. Happy to... All right, Talk so go reach yeah. out, leemarcus.com, schedule a call with you if, uh, you know, if they want to uh, reach out any further. Again, really, really appreciate your time today, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. Of course. Thanks, Lee. Great talking to you. See you. Awesome.